Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. October 17th, 2018, and we are going to, we're going to break down all of the college football for you from the past weekend. Of course, we'll break down the NFL. We got the NBA kicking off last night. Some games going on right now, but we are, we here are focused on the Major League Baseball, the League Championship Series. We got the Dodgers Brewers on in studio right now. We'll be uh, switching over to the Red Sox and Strohs soon. Um, so it'll be a baseball heavy, um, be, at least beginning of the show and uh, wherever we want to go with it. Um, but we will we will get to all the other stuff going on. So. Um, and I just want to say, um, this is this is the Fit Down Sports Show, and we have finally come back. I know it's like the Rock. We have come back to Radio AFS, so we want to thank Farmer and all the people at Radio AFS for bringing us back, giving us our uh, this platform to go on. So uh, definitely get over there, check out all the stuff that they got going on. Uh, we're just adding to their uh, repertoire of good shows. So um, that's how you can find us. Again, if you want to get in touch with the show, feel free to call in. Phone number is 646-668-8467. You can talk about anything. You can talk about the baseball. You can talk about football from the weekend. Talk about football coming up. As you know, we'll get into all that. 
But we're going to kick off the show with with the baseball, as I said. Um, I also want to say our show is also simulcast on the Arena Sports Network. So we, however you may be listening to us, we thank you for listening, and we thank everybody who puts this show out. Because um, we like to, we do it for fun. We do it we do it to have a good time. So um, you know. Anybody who, who can get our, our show out to more people, more the merrier, we say, in these parts. So, anyway, we'll get to everything. We're going to start with baseball, and I'm going to start with last night's game. And I'm going to jump into uh, the – and I'm, I'm going to touch on the Sox-Astros game first because that's kind of the game I was most into, and it had the most uh, appealing – um, decision that that led to to the outcome of the game, and um, for those of you that didn't see the game, the it was three to two in the top of the eighth inning, and it, Astros manager AJ Hinch made a decision that I disagreed with at the time. Um, I disagreed with how he handled the entire inning. Um, and we'll get into all of that. Um, but anyway, it was 3-2 going in. And by the end, by all the decisions that A.J. Hinch made, by the end, it was 8-2. to, eight to two, I, be- I believe it, it ended up 8-2. to two. Um, Just checking that right now. I'm going off the top of my head. By, by the end of all the decisions he made, it was 8-2. to two, And that was it. So... Let's get into the big decision. So it's 3-2. It's 3-2. The Astros are trying to hold the Red Sox right there so that they can come up in the bottom of the eighth only down one run. So what do they do? They bring their closer in. Now, this is always a contentious feeling, especially for baseball fans. That I mean, we've seen it work. We've seen it not work. I, I'm not a fan of bringing the closer in unless it's a ninth inning close close the game out situation because that's what these guys are. They're creatures of habit, and when you bring them in in non-closing situations, in my experience, more often than not, it goes awry somewhere. So anyway, they made the decision to go to Azuna, try to get – get the three outs, get get back in the dugout and swing the bat. Now, that's not the decision I, I I have I have a problem with. The decision once you make that decision, we're going to Azuna here in the eighth inning. To me, AJ Hinch should have been should have had somebody up in the bullpen ready to go to to, to relieve Ozuna if he got in trouble. That's the decision that I don't that I did not understand. And you know, you can say he's the closer, you gotta ride with him, but this guy's not used to throwing 25, 30 pitches in an inning, in a game. So what happened the way the inning played out, I mean he gives up a hit, gets a couple outs, gives up another hit. Then he then they pinch hit Brock Holt and he hits Brock Holt. If at that moment AJ Hinch should have been 
on the steps saying, all right, we're going to get them. We're going to get them with the bases loaded. And we're gonna we're taking you out. We're gonna we've gotta put somebody else in. We gotta get this last out. We gotta get out of this inning. And of course, and of course, we all know history. He didn't do that. AJ Hinch leaves Azuna in. And what happened? The Red Sox pinch hit for the next guy. So you had more time to think about it. More time for somebody to get ready. More time to say. All right, let's get this guy out. All right, they may have just they just showed their hand that they're going to pinch it. Let's bring in another guy to get out of this bases loaded jam. Because if we get out of here, if we get out of a bases loaded jam, don't give up a run. It could inspire the whole team. We get you know it could deflate the Red Sox a little bit. We are able to get back in the game. They don't make that decision. Then Ozuna gets a one-two count and hits the next guy. Forcing in a run. At that point, I thought A.J. Hinch would go, would go. all right, Azuna doesn't have it. We got to get him out of here. We got, we got to get him out of here now. He just hit two guys in a row. We got to get him out of here. We got to get somebody in who can throw strikes and get the ball by somebody. They don't make that decision. And, and, and it gets compounded. It gets compounded by, pe- by people who know baseball. Because... I know Jackie Bradley Jr. was on deck, and he's the nine hitter in the Red Sox order. And people want to say, oh, you know, go right after the nine hitter, blah, 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 blah. All right? Jackie Bradley is a Major League Baseball player. All right? He's going – he's up there. He's thinking automatically. Automatically he's thinking, all right, this guy just hit two guys. His first pitch, he's going to want to throw a strike. He's going to groove me a fastball. I was thinking it from my couch. I was like, he's going to throw one right down the pipe. Jackie Bradley better be ready for it. And, oh, was Jackie Bradley ready for that fastball because he clocked it over the fence, hits a grand slam, now the game is over. And that's where A.J. Hinch lost the game for the Astros. He let that game get away from them because he – wanted to stick with his guy and, and didn't have a backup plan. Um, so that was the situation last night. But let's not get this all blown out of proportion. I've seen people say, oh, the Astros are doomed now. Well, the Astros are in a position where they're at home. If they win tonight, they hold serve, and they go, they go into game five they go into game five, tied at two with the Red Sox. There we go. Now let's get to the game that's on right now. Dodgers, Brewers. Uh, the big story from the Dodgers and the Brewers, of course, last night, extra innings. Dodgers are able to pull it out. But the big story was Manny Machado stepping on the first baseman's leg or kicking the first baseman's leg, however you want to look at it. And him being called a dirty player and all of that. Let's take that and push that aside for a minute. What Manny Machado did, whether he did it dirty or whether he did it by accident or whether he whether he did anything, you know, what he did, he's obviously in the head of the Milwaukee Brewers. And they can say that he's not and, and they can push it to the side all they want, but He's in the head 
of the Milwaukee Brewers. Because that game was tied. Anybody could have won it. Dodgers end up winning game four. They're, they had Kershaw coming back, so you know they felt good about that. Kershaw's pitched a gem today, and the Dodgers are up 5-1. to one. So you could make you can make the assumption and and whether it's right or not, whether they'll admit it or not, them calling Manny Machado dirty and him he's in their head. He's in their head and you can't tell me differently from watching this game that he's not. Cause he's taken them right out of the series and so some people will say, oh, you know, Manny Machado's a dirty player. He did, whether he did it on purpose or not, whatever he did, it, it got the Brewers frustrated, and, it, and it's, helping, it's helping his team right now. So if you're the um, – so – if you're the Brewers, you've got to stop focusing on Manny Machado, and you've got to get down to business here because the Dodgers are going to be up three-two going back to Milwaukee. Now, not an old—it's—it's it's by no means is it—is it, this series over? But if you had—if the Dodgers—if the the Brewers had taken two games from the Dodgers in LA, if they're up three-two going back to Milwaukee, you can pretty much say the game is over. Um, you could say the series the series is over, and you know. So Milwaukee. So whatever Machado did, and again, I'm not in the business of calling him calling him a dirty player or not. I, I you know, you can make you can make that judgment for yourself. Was it a dirty play? Absolutely. I mean, how, how do you? How do you de- you can't defend what Manny Machado did? All you the only way to defend it is to say is to say Manny Machado just doesn't know what he's doing and he's not paying attention and he kicked a guy in the leg. Like, but when you watch the play and you watch him drag his foot across somebody's leg, he, I, I, I would I would say I would say he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing, He's, but you can also make the comment if he wanted to do even more damage, he would have stepped, he would have spiked them, and you know. So in that way, maybe in that way, you can kind of say, well, maybe Manny Machado, you know, just took a misstep or tried to drag. Why would he try to drag his foot across first base? Like, there's no reason to do that. So it doesn't make any sense. But it also doesn't make any sense to focus on that because we have a game going on here. And for all the people that got on Kershaw after his game one start where he went three innings, Kershaw pitched the gem tonight in the game that he – and this, this is a bigger game than game one. This was the game that the Dodgers had to have. They had to have this game. They have to go back three to two. So Dodgers are up in the bottom of the eighth. They're up five to one. Um you know, we're waiting on the um, we're waiting on the start of the Red Sox game. So, like I said, if you want to get in, if you want to, if you want to comment on any of this baseball stuff, and you want to let us know you're watching the Red Sox game, you want to let us know how it's going. By all means, let us know. Call call the show because we're watching, 
We're going to watch, and we're, we're going to do a little play-by-play with the Red Sox. And what? And Yasiel Puig. That's why Yasiel Puig is awesome. Yasiel Puig just gets a single and stretches it into a double. I mean, Yasiel Puig, for all the garbage that gets thrown his way and all, everything that gets thrown at him, this is the guy, he just, he just busts it. I mean, when he wants to bust, when he wants to go, he goes. And, um, you know, that's a great thing. And it's not like he was running on, on some schlub. He, Lorenzo Cain put the ball there. Just Yasiel Puig making a heads-up play, hustling out of the box. That's what you like to see. And that's the kind of guy Yasiel Puig, that's the kind of player Yasiel Puig is. A lot of people don't like his attitude, don't like his bravado. But he brings it, man. He brings it. And, you know, getting an extra base with one out could be a, could be a bit, could be another run for the Dodgers. Could be a big play. So, good, good for, good for Yasiel Puig. All right. On that note, for all of you, for all of you that are listening to us on, on Arena Sports Network, uh, we just want to say this portion of the show is proudly presented by Williams Hardwood Specialist. Whether you need uh, whether you need a hardwood floor, small, large, residential, commercial, Williams Hardwood Specialist is the way to go. Get your quote today and start your project the right way. Call, start your project by calling 219-221-1093. So glad glad to have them aboard. Glad to have them helping out my man Snowman's net, uh, networking. No. If you got if you if you need if you need hard if you need if you need hardwood for a project, give them a, give them a call. Uh, give them a call. They'll set you up. All right. So we're moving on here because the Dodgers are up five to one, and we're still waiting on the Red Sox to bat, uh, Red Sox and Astros to start. So we'll uh, we'll move on. We'll move on to some football talk. And we'll mix the baseball in as things happen and as things go on. So let's move on to football and let's go to the NFL. We'll start with the NFL. We'll we'll start with what we learned from the NFL in Week Six. You know, this is how we do it. You know, we 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 don't cover all the games. We don't. I watch most of the games, but I I I, I don't break. I'll break them down unless we unless something happens that we really need to break down. But let's go. Let's start with Monday night. I you can't talk week six of the NFL without talking about Monday night. And what we learned is that defenses just some defenses just have no idea what they're doing. And that that was the case. I we got we got a show on this network called Niners Faithful Radio, and I hope my boy TJ is listening, and I hope he's going to address this on his show on Monday. Um, now, I know he did his show prior to the game Monday night. I wonder if he's going to address this, but that defense, whatever defensive scheme the 49ers thought they were playing against Aaron Rodgers, they weren't playing a smart defense. I mean, how you let Equimonious St. Brown get out of bounds, catch a ball and get out of bounds. 
They, the Packers went from, I think it was like the 10 or the 15-yard line. They were on their own 10-yard line. All they had, you know, they, they had to go about 60 yards to get Mason Crosby in a reasonable field goal range with no timeouts. All you had to do was tackle the guy in bounds. Just make a tackle. Just make a tackle. Just hold on for dear life and don't let the guy get out of bounds. They give up the Ecumonious St. Brown play. They give up uh, a play to Devontae Adams where he catches the ball on the sidelines. Like, that should never happen in that kind of defense. If they catch the ball over the middle of the field, who cares? You make the tackle, you make the tackle, that's at least 10 to 15 seconds off the clock right there between catching the ball, making the tackle, and by the time all the guys get up, even if they spike it, that's 10 to 15 seconds off the clock that Aaron Rodgers does not have. You cannot afford to let him go out of bounds, save that time. That's just, that's just bad defense. Man, how about Yasiel Puig stealing third base? And the catcher's arguing something. I want I want to turn this on a little bit to see what he's arguing. Ah, the catcher's arguing batter interference on the swing. I mean, come on, man. You can't make that argument. I mean, you could argue it, but it didn't affect the throw. It didn't affect anything. Yeah, it looks like the umpires are going to call. The umpires are going to call for a meeting, see what happened. Uh, so we got a little break in the baseball action. But I was talking about the forty. I was talking about the forty nine er defense, and I it was just a it, it that. I just I just didn't understand what they were doing. I mean, to let guys just catch the ball on the sidelines and go out of bounds, how does that happen? Um, this is the thing that and and this is the thing that we and they did they did it. I think they just called Puig out or called him back to second base. Yup. I mean. Not that this really matters, but why are they even out there arguing? Like, who cares? If he goes back to second base, Puig scored on a base hit anyway. So he needed a hit anyway to score. So um, so the Dodgers, Dodgers shouldn't even care. Um, you got it, it doesn't change the situation. You still need a hit to score Puig anyway. But Puig is going back to second base, and now there's two outs. Two outs. And we're waiting on this one to finish up. All right. So, anyway, what we learned is don't give the ball to Aaron Rodgers with any chance to win the game with any time left on the clock. That's the first thing that we learned. Second thing that we learned from the NFL on uh, in week six is how about them Cowboys? I know I got I know I got a couple of Cowboys fans out there that listen to the show. Um, they're probably not listening right now because they're getting ready for the Strohs game. So, um, but I know there's a couple of Cowboys fans out there, and we're talking about 
But that Cowboys offense, when that Cowboys offense is doing what it's supposed to do and running the ball with Dak and with with Zeke, it just changes that whole it changes that whole scenario. And um, you know, we're finally learning. I I'm hoping that this is the game that wakes up as as my friend Denise likes to call him, Coach Clapper, I'm hoping this wakes him up to, hey, we got to run the ball, whether it's with Zeke or, or with the quarterback. we got to figure out a way to run the football. Because, and to me, I know this is going to sound like a crazy idea. To me, if I'm, if I were advising – the coaches in the Dallas Cowboy organization, I would say go look at tape of Tim Tebow with the Denver Broncos, and people can say what they want. That's the kind of game you have to run in Dallas. You have you have to you have a better you have a better passing quarterback, but if you can get some of those schemes that they were running and allowing Tim Tebow to carve up teams. Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott can do can do that just as well. So that's what I would look for for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see how what they do going forward. Matt Kemp, ground ball to short, and nice scoop by Aguilar, and the Brewers get out of the jam. Now it's up to the now it's up to the top of the ninth. Last chance. You got Yelich, Braun, and Aguilar coming up. So we'll flip over to the pregame show for the Red Sox and the Astros, and we won't worry about it because the game hasn't started yet. So, all right. So that's the second. The second thing I learned is that the Dallas offense, the Dallas offense can actually score points. That we we were wondering about this Dallas offense and. You know, they took on the Jaguars, who are supposed to be one of the top defenses, and they were able to do a lot of things against them. I'm surprised the Jaguars didn't have Jalen Ramsey just covering Cole Beasley, because well, who, who else did the ja- uh, who else did the Cowboys have? And if Jalen Ramsey just covered Cole Beasley, maybe the Jaguars would have had a chance. But the way Dallas was running that offense. The Jaguars didn't stand a chance, and the Jaguars right now can't block anybody. So if they don't get Leonard Fournette back quickly, they're going to be in trouble. All right, so that's two. Let's go to number three. The third thing I learned is for... All of you, uh, the Patriots fans that are listening to this show, you know we got a lot of them here in New England. Patriot fans are going to hear this and not be happy about it, but Tyreek Hill is uncoverable. That's the, the other thing. I, that's what I learned from the Sunday night game. The Sunday night game was a blast. I mean, it was it was. It wasn't my kind of game because I like a defensive game, but from an offensive standpoint, that game was off the hook. I mean, the second half of that game, nobody could stop anybody. Everybody just went down the field and did whatever they wanted. But 
my takeaway from that game was Tyreek Hill is uncoverable. I mean, this this guy, he can do whatever he wants out there. And he, he'll run straight right by you. He'll run across the field wide open. He'll catch the ball running an in route, catch the ball, and just outrun everybody else. Make people look absolutely stupid. In the People will take the right angle, and it'll still look absolutely stupid. So, um, so my, my, my third takeaway from the NFL this weekend was Tyreek Hill is just amazing. And on the same platform to that, um, we also learned, and uh-oh, they better get there, and ground ball. Ground ball to first. Yelich is out. We are two outs away from the Dodgers taking a 3-2 lead here. Um, but anyway, I, I was talking about Kansas City. We learned Pat Mahomes is kind of human. You know, that first half, he was very human, making errors that at one point, I think I tweeted, I think I, I, I texted somebody. I texted somebody out there and I said, Who's this guy playing quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs right now? Because it's not Pat Mahomes. We haven't seen this yet. And Pat Mahomes looked absolutely befuddled, didn't know what he was looking at. Then in the second half, I think Pat Mahomes actually showed up and he was just ripping it apart. But I, what, what made Pat Mahomes look like Pat Mahomes was the fact that Tyree Kill was just uncoverable. So it goes back to the original point, but. We did learn you can make Pat Mahomes look somewhat human when he is ha- when he was having an un- an inhuman like season. All right, and with that, that's kind of it's kind of everything that we kind of learned from the info this weekend. We also learned oh we also learned that. Offenses can do whatever they want. And Steelers fans can be upset, and we'll get into the Steelers in a second. Um, that's, another, that's another thing that I learned this week from the NFL before we move on to college football. But the Steeler, end of the Steelers-Bengals game, how that's not a pick play, I don't understand. NFL officiating, I, I can't understand it. Guy comes out and just absolutely blocks the guy in man coverage. Antonio Brown catches it and runs for touchdown. Now, the Bengals should have been smarter anyway in their coverage, but that being said, offenses can basically do whatever they want. I mean, they can, they can block guys who are supposed to be in coverage. They can run guys down the field. It doesn't make a difference. Um if it's a spectacular offensive play, the refs will let it go because they don't care. They just they, That's all they want now. They want that offensive play. And on the fact of the Steelers, another thing I learned, the Steelers are uh, – this pains me to say because as an NFL, as somebody, everybody out there listening knows I'm a Cowboys fan. So, you know I have my qualms with the Steelers. You know, we go, you know, historically Cowboys and Steelers, we don't we don't get along, blah, 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 blah. 
you know, I don't, I don't prescribe to that really. And Braun grounds to Machado. Machado makes the play. We are one out away from a Dodgers victory here. Um, but anyway, as I was saying, so this is not coming off as I, I, it's going to be. It's going to come off to a lot of people as, oh, this is just a Cowboy fan hating on the Steelers. But it's not. This is from an NFL standpoint. Like as an NFL fan. The Steelers are the biggest bunch of whiners I've ever seen. And the Steelers were never like this. this. It's why I always respected the Steelers. It's why I respect the Steelers as an organization. They were always tough. They were Kevin Green, Greg Lloyd. You know, that's what they were known for. Ron Woodson. Guys like Dimitri Dawson. Got, they were always guys you never heard of. You know, wide receivers. They had Yancey Thigpen was one of their leading receivers once. And Aguiar hits a double down the line. Let's see if he stretches it into each. Taking his sweet old time. But, hey, he got there. Got in there, double. All right, so the Brewers have life. One out, one out runner on second base. So they've got life. But anyway, as I was saying, the Steelers are... You know, they're usually this tough guy mentality. There's a tough guy mentality with the Steelers. And you get in there this week, and what's the takeaway from their game? They're crying about Vontae's perfect. About how Vontae's perfect hit Antonio Brown in the head with his elbow. And it was an intentional shot, and he should be suspended. Shut up. Stop trying to get people suspended and just play the game. Okay? Vontaze Burfecht doesn't need your help to get suspended. He'll do it night. He'll do it all on his own. And for them to be crying about, I, I heard Ben Roethlisberger crying about, oh, Vontaze Burfecht came back to the huddle and pointed at Juju Schuster and said, you're next. Guess what? That's Vontaze Burfecht. He's that guy. You know who Vontaze Burfecht is? And I'm surprised nobody has made this analogy yet in, in popular television. Vontae's perfect is Alvin Mack from the program. If you know, if you've ever seen the program, if you have not seen the program, one, if you're a football fan, go out and watch this movie. It, it could be, it's in my top five, could be my favorite movie of all time. It's definitely the most quotable movie of all time. I mean, Darnell Jefferson, um, Omar S. As, as Darnell Jefferson. I will wear number two, but we are indubitably number one. That, that quote right there, that's all you got to say. Alvin Mack just telling, saying he'll kill everyone in the middle of a play, telling, telling guys, yeah, you're the, you're, the guy, you're, the guy that, you're the guy that robbed my grandmother. You're the guy that knocked my grandmother down. I'm going to eat your babies. I mean, Alvin Mack is Alvin Mack is the middle linebacker. He's just great. I mean, coach coach asked him asked him what to play. What do you do on this play? Hit the tight end so hard his girlfriend died. That that's Alvin Mack. That's Vontae's perfect. He is that guy. That's what he does. He gets up there. He tells you, "I'm going to hit you as hard as I can." And if he hits somebody and they get up a little woozy. Yeah, he'll look at the next guy and say, you're next. That's going to happen to you because I'm going to do it to you. 
That's how Vontis Burfitt plays. He's played it all his entire career. We already know this. So, Steelers, shut your mouths after the game. Don't worry. Don't stop. Quit your crying about, about what happened on the field. And, and, get him, and get him back. Let Juju Schuster and the Brewers get another double. In that, I, I thought that was Curtis Granderson. Get a Curtis Granderson double. We have a Curtis Granderson showing here. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as shocked as anybody at that. And Curtis Granderson looks to be dead at second base. So, uh, I, I didn't even know Curtis Granderson was still around, still playing. So, all right. I think he hit his face on the base. Let's see. He hit his face on the ground. Oh, the helmet hit him in the mouth. His helmet came off and hit him in the mouth. That's, that's how Curtis Granderson just got injured. Got injured by his own helmet. All right. Anyway, so Steelers and your fans just knock it off. Knock it off. Quit trying to get Vontaze Verfick suspended. I'm sure Vontaze Verfick will do something in the next game to get himself suspended. So, so just just calm it down and, and, and let the guys play football. Let's let's be real for a minute here and um and let that go. All right, so that's the NFL. That that's what we got going on. All right. Let's get down to the bread and butter of this show. And that is the world that is college football. And I just want to say to everybody out there, um, everybody, I want to say this to everybody out there. All right. You can go on our Facebook page, Fit Down Sports Show. On Facebook, you can find all of our episodes. All of our episodes are there. All you got to do is click the links and, you know, all the weeks. Every week we do this show, we put it up there, and we just leave it there. So that, that's where you can find all of them. You can come here to Blog Talk Radio. You can find the archive. You know, we've changed networks a couple times, so some of our shows are all over the place. But for now, we will be on the Radio AFS, under the Radio AFS banner. So go there. Find all the shows, find all of our shows, and you can listen to all our stuff. Last week, I went on a dynamic rant about... I went on a rant about about UCF and about how they deserve to be higher in the polls. They deserve to be talked about. They deserve more exposure than what they've been getting. So, of course, this weekend, uh, UCF was playing Memphis, and the game was on, the game was on ESPN2 here. I don't, so, in some areas, it was on ABC, um, but it, 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 it all depended on where you live. But anyway, it was, on, it was nationally reported. So I, I, I took my love of UCF. I took it all over Facebook. I took it into some of the college football chat groups. And, of course, Memphis is up 30-17 to at halftime. So what happens at halftime? Well, all 
the trolls in all the world, they come out, they come out, hey, uh, tagging me in posts, hey, look at this, UCF can't even hang with Memphis, blah, 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 blah. And I, I, good, good hearted, I was like, all right, I got you. I, I expect, I expected it. So I'm like, okay, I'll let this, I'll let this go. We'll, we'll wait, we'll wait on this one. Let's wait till, till we get to the end here. And of course, of course, as, as winners do, UCF, Scores, that's right, 14 unanswered points, wins the game 31-30. And, you know, my response to all those people who were coming at me, oh, they can't even handle Memphis. I said, I, I, I said at halftime to one guy who, who I like to, who, who I, I respect and I, I, I taught, and I know he was, just trying to get get under my skin, I said to him at halftime, I said, I don't know who this team is. This isn't the UCF team I'm, I'm, I'm used to seeing. I'm hoping the real team shows up in the second half. And they did. And, of course, so, of course, I get out there and I say, hey, what's the score now? This is like an hour after the game. I see no comments on any of the things I've been tagged in. So, of course, I go back. I say, Hey, uh, I say to everybody, hey, how'd that work out for you? And, of course, no, I get no response, or I get a response of, well, it was only a one-point win over Memphis. Here's the deal. Winning is winning. Winning is hard to do, and it's hard to win 19 games in a row. So when you keep winning, you keep – that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if it's by 50 or if it's by one. You win, you keep going. And speaking of winning, Dodgers, Kenley Jensen gets a strikeout at the end. Five to two, Dodgers win. They take the series lead three, two, as we head back to Milwaukee. So here we go. Now we're going over to the Red Sox, just in time for the Red Sox to begin. And the Red Sox already have a runner on base, so... Now, Sandy, nice play by Altuve. Altuve makes the play on the ground ball. So we got we got a runner at was that even? A, I think that no, that might have been Correa on the other side of the bag. Sorry, I saw he's a second baseman. So usually it's Altuve, but I think he's injured right now. It was the second baseman, but that's not Altuve. So my apologies there, but that was a nice play by the Astros second baseman. Whoever this Gonzalez guy is, good thing they had him in there because that was a good play. Good play, one out. Red Sox, Astros have started. So, of course, we'll keep you posted on that one. All right, but anyway, so my point to the UCF story is, guys, don't, don't fall into that category. Don't be that guy that celebrates the game is over at halftime. Because winners find a way to come. Winner, winners find a way to win. They find. They just. They just do. It happens all the time. We see teams down so far. You know, 
and a team just magically makes their way back. Speaking of winners, let's go to college, our college football coverage. And you know how we do this. We do winners and losers. We take all the games in, um, all the games in from the weekend. So let's talk about the biggest winners of the week. My first winner of the week is, is a team just like what I was talking about. They were trailing at halftime. People were trolling them all over the place. Oh, the Gators, Gators, you know, especially Ellis. Uh, uh, the funny thing is, it was the funniest trolling I saw of the Gators was by Georgia fans because Florida played at 12. So this game was going on, you know, well before the Georgia Bulldogs played. And Georgia fans were getting on the Florida Gators fans. Oh, uh, you, you guys can't even handle Vandy. You know, uh, the, uh, Vanderbilt's kicking your ass, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, again, they had nothing to say at the end at the end of at the end of the day, the Florida Gators, even though they trailed at halftime, still were able to make their way back, make a comeback, win the game. They end up winning 37-27, and their win, coupled with my next, my next big win, coupled with another team, you know, it sets up a big matchup for when they meet in Jacksonville for, I believe it's still called the, the world's largest tailgate party, um, which is just fantastic for a, a, a football game. That, that is just a great football game name. I, I love it. But anyway, um, right now we got everybody's standing up in Houston. We got a three-two, three-two pitch from Morton here to J.D. Martinez, and he fouls it off. So we got to do it all over again. All right. So anyway, my first winner is Florida. The Gators. Over Vanderbilt, setting, keeping them in line with um, in the SEC East. If they had lost to Vanderbilt, would have been very tough for them to get back into. Um, very tough for them to stay alive for the for a shot at the SEC championship. But that comeback win gives them a chance. It gives them a chance, and it it opens the road. For them to make the path to 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 the SEC championship game in Atlanta, so there we go with that. Let's move on to my second winner of the week. My second winner of the week is kind of the same in the same vein, but not as much. It kept them alive. This win kept them alive, keeps all their hopes and dreams alive, and that's the LSU Tigers. And they did it against Georgia. We were just talking about it's why I I I took such joy in Gators in uh, Bulldog fans getting on the Gator fans, and then Georgia just gets steamrolled by LSU. Sets up that's part of my Florida winning because now it sets up that Florida Georgia game is basically winner goes. Winner is going to have the driver's seat in the in the SEC East, so it sets up a big game down the road. But for LSU, that was a huge win for LSU. 
They lost last week. They lost to Florida. They're able to bounce back. Um, they're able to bounce back against against what what most people had as the second best team in the country, the second best team in the conference. They showed that they can play with anybody. And if 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 Burrow is not making mistakes, that defense that defense in L, at LSU is good enough to stop anybody. And we all know LSU is building up for that matchup against Alabama at home, and I, I think it's in three weeks, and we have a pass ball. Lots of pass balls in, in this postseason, and now the Red Sox are in business here. Second and third, one out. All you got to do is hit the ball to the right side here. If you're Xander Bogarts, tighten up. Just put the ball in play to the right side here. You get a running. Get a running. Get the lead early. So, anyway. Anyway, talking about the LSU Tigers, they are now still in. They have, they have opened the door to where if they beat Alabama, they would be the front runners in the SEC West. If they had lost to Georgia, their season's basically over. But they stayed alive, and that's why I got them as my second winner because they are still alive. And I chose them as the winner as opposed to Georgia as the loser because Georgia, because as much as this loss hurts Georgia, again, if Georgia beats Florida, they they really don't have to worry about, you know, they pretty much have the SEC East wrapped up if they beat Florida. So loss does a loss to LSU doesn't kill Georgia and their dreams as much as we think, as much as as much as people want want to say that oh it knocks them way far down, it doesn't knock them too far down. So they're still there, they're still going strong. So we got that. My third winner and. My friends up north, and my, of course, of course, my friend Ben, Ben Johnson. You're gonna love to hear this one. My third winner is Michigan, uh, 38-13 over Wisconsin. I and and they they controlled that Wisconsin game. Wisconsin really didn't have much going on. The reason I have this as my third biggest win, as my third winner, as opposed to the biggest win of the week. It really does nothing for Michigan. It really does nothing. I mean, all it did was keep Michigan alive, uh, keep them a little bit alive, a little bit, a little bit alive and well. Um, I gotta say, it. I don't know what's going on. All right, so that's why. Uh, all it did was really make you say, all right, Michigan is a team worthy of respecting right now. And the reason I say that is I'm still waiting for Michigan to play Michigan State, which they do this week. Then they have Penn State. Then they got Penn State. And then they got the final game against Ohio State. Either way... Uh, those are the big games. Wisconsin, a win over Wisconsin, 
great, sounded great. It was, you know, the game of the week. Everybody was excited about the game. But in reality, it really does nothing for what Michigan wants to do. If Michigan wants to win the Big Ten, and here we go. We got a base knock. Let's see if that'll score two, and it should. J.D. Martinez trucking in. Red Sox take a 2-0 lead. So I'm sure Red Sox Nation is going crazy. Um, Astros are, Astros fans are feeling it right now. But a big two-out base hit, getting runs home, that's, that's a big deal. That pass ball was huge. Pass ball was an extra run. That would have been, a, would have been one run. Instead, now, because of that pass ball, now it's two runs, and, and the Red Sox are off, off and running here in the first inning, and another ground ball in the second. So we're out of the top of the first. Red Sox up 2 nothing. All right, and we're, st- and we're back to the college football, back to Michigan. You know, Michigan is, has looked great when they can run the football. When they're running, uh, this guy Higdon as the running back, when he's on, that's when Michigan has been great. I have yet to see Michigan and Shea Patterson win a game where they've struggled to run the football. And, and that's why I say I'm still hesitant on Michigan because if Michigan – right now, I'm at a point where I say – Where I say Michigan is controlled by the running game. If, if if you shut down the running game, can Shea Patterson be a quarterback that can beat you? Um, and I I'm gonna go I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on the limb here and say that's the way to beat them. Shut down the run, make Shea Patterson beat you. Because we've yet to see it. All right, my big winner of the week. My biggest winner of the week, there's no way anybody could say that this was, I mean, this was the biggest win for, in terms of it, it killed one team. It, the loser was, was, it is now done as far as any, any kind of posting, any playoff, any playoff or conference championship. They're pretty much done. Um, and that was Oregon over Washington. And if you watch this game, it was amazing. Oregon scores a touchdown in overtime to win the game. Um, um, but the impact of this game is so important. Oregon is now alive. If Oregon had beaten Stanford, if they just fumble away and give the game away to Stanford, the question on everybody's mind would be, where is where does Oregon stand? Are they a playoff team? And if they had just held on to the ball against Stanford, would they be would they be fighting for that for a, a, a playoff position? I think that I think they would be. I think they would be right there. So So this was a huge game for Oregon. It put it, basically they have nobody else on their schedule that's gonna 
even come close. People are going to try to tell you Washington State is, is going to be going to be trouble for them this week. If they get by Washington State this week, there's nobody on their schedule that's going to stop them. So Oregon is going to be looking, and for you Ducks fans, I know you just beat Washington, and Washington, you want to rip Washington all you want. Ducks fans out there, if you're, you need to become the biggest Washington Husky fans ever. Is it the big, you need to be the biggest Washington Husky fan of all time. Because if Washington beats Stanford, now you're looking at the Oregon Ducks as Pac, as Pac-12 North champions. Then you've got a shot of going to the Pac, of winning the Pac-12, being in one lost conference champion, and who knows what's going to happen going forward. But that's way down the road. For right now, Oregon is my biggest winner of the week. And George Springer getting the Astros started off well with a deep base hit, let's see, and he stayed at first base. Good, good play out in center field. So a single. So the Astros are get, getting started here. But all right, let's go to my losers of the week. My first loser of the week is Colorado. The Buffaloes had everything in front of them. They had the S, they had the Pac-12 South. If they beat USC, they basically would have clinched themselves the Pac-12 South. They would they would have they would have been, been right been right there and being undefeated, you know, their schedule was their schedule's terrible, but they still would have been an undefeated team, and if they had run through the Pac-12, they might they have an outside shot at a playoff chance. All of that is gone because of what how they played. I, they, not only did they lose 31 to 20, but they just looked bad. They couldn't move the ball on offense. Um, guys were getting injured left and right, so Colorado really did a disservice to themselves. And now they've got Washington this week. Um, you know, it's just not 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 looking good for the Buffaloes uh, for Colorado. Let's go to my second loser of the week. My second loser of the week is the West Virginia Mountaineers, and we said this last week. It's always tough to play in Ames, Iowa. We on this show, um, I'll give props to my former co-host, the Walrus. He coined the phrase, the department store, because it's played in Ames, Iowa. We talked about Ames, the old school 80s department store. That's it. We talked about it being a tough, it's a tough place to play, especially when they have such a purdy little quarterback. And tell me that tied the game. And Altuve. How did they not see that as a home run? So Altuve just hit the ball. How is that not a home run? Oh, because it's Joe West out there. Joe West. Did Joe West not see the ball go over the fence? 
I mean, or did Mookie did? All right, hold on here. Hold on, we gotta watch this play here. Mookie bets. Mookie bets leaping into the crowd. Did he knock the ball? Looks like Mookie Betts might have knocked the ball back into the field of play. I thought it hit a sand and came back in. I thought that hit a fan and came back in. They're definitely going to have to go to replay on this one. But those Astros fans, you got to catch that ball. Come on, you're sitting in those seats to catch home runs. That's your team. You got to Jeffrey Mayer that. You got to Jeffrey Mayer that up and make that catch. It hit the fan's hand. Looks like it hit his hand first. It hit the hand of the fan. I, I think that's a home run. I think they're going to call this a home run. Let's see. They're showing the replay right now. The Astros fans seem to be cheering. I think it hit the fan's hand first. So we'll we'll, we'll stop we'll stop talking we'll stop talking college football right now until we see what's going on. They're reviewing the play right now. But the way the way it looks to me is that it hits the hand, hits the fan's hand first, then hits Mookie Betts' glove, and then he knocks it back into the field of play. That says to me that it's a home run. They're taking a long time to look at this review. This is the one thing about baseball is. Their review process takes forever. I mean, I, I don't know what, I don't know what. I mean, all you needed was was a couple of views of it. I mean, it's not like you got a hundred games going on. You got one game, and you're looking at one play. It it, it takes about thirty seconds. To look at a play, like, I don't understand why it's taking this long. doesn't make any sense. But anyway, let's, let's, see, let's see what's actually going on here. And I'm sorry to everybody. We're just, we're we're just we're waiting on the call here as, as they replay this again. Such a big call because it's either two nothing or it's second and third. Let's see what they call. Wow! Not even they called fan interference. Wow! Wow! Somebody's gonna have to explain that one to me. That is one of the worst calls I've ever seen. That ball was out. That there's no way.
Wow. So they went from second and third. They went to a possible home run to a second and third to an out. Wow. 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 I am shocked. I am shocked right now. I am shocked at this call right now. It should they just changed the game in the first inning. They just changed the entire mood of this game in the very first inning. Wow. Wow. The Red Sox just got a huge break. And now Gonzalez gets hit by the pitch. But I I I got I gotta have I gotta have more. There's gotta be more on this game. There's gotta be more on this call. Somebody out there's gotta be t- gotta be able to tell me how that was not a home run. I mean you could say, oh, the guy reached over. It didn't look like the guy reached over, over the yellow line. It looked like Mookie Betts jumped into the crowd. But uh, I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss here for what's going on in this game. But now it's first and second. Guriel at the plate. So all right, so we're moving on here. We're talking, we're talking losers in college football while, Gur- while Guriel digs in here, takes the ball off the plate. All right, we're we're dealing with West Virginia in Ames, Iowa against Iowa State. They lose thirty to twenty, and and that thirty to twenty score does not even show, doesn't even say how great Iowa State looked and and how bad West Virginia looked. Um, Will Greer was running for his life. Um, there were a lot of plays where he just was running around, had nobody downfield, and they couldn't stop anybody. West Virginia's defense couldn't stop uh, Montgomery. They couldn't stop uh, the quarterback, Purdy. They could not stop them from doing whatever they wanted on the field. It it was a rough it was a rough go of it for, for the Mountaineers. The good news for West Virginia is they still have Texas. They still have Oklahoma. They still have TCU on the schedule. So, so everything's still in front of them. They're not dead. As long as they take care of business, they will be in the Big 12 championship game. However, what they just did... However, they have ruined their margin of error. If they lose one, if they lose to any of those teams, they're out of the run. So it'll be interesting to see how West Virginia rebounds from their game, their game on Saturday. And Guriel hits a fly ball to right field, caught by Mookie Betts, and that's it. I gotta say, 
that that was a wild first inning. Wild first inning in Houston. That's gonna be some that's gonna be something people are gonna be talking about tomorrow. Tell uh, and if this game if this game doesn't go Houston's way, the Astros are gonna be really upset. So look out for look out for Astros fans and look out for the non Red Sox fans to um explain to go nuts about how that was not a home run. Um it's gonna be a very, very dicey situation. All right. So anyway, my third loser of the week. My third loser of the week is the Miami Hurricanes. And Miami, Miami is at a crossroads right now. They don't really know what they they want to do. Um, they lost to Virginia, thirteen sixteen. That's a tough one. Um, hold on, I gotta see this. All right, so Denise, my friend Denise, who's a big Astros fan, of course, she agrees that that was a home run. Uh, um, so obviously she agrees that that was a home run. I'm sure there are Red Sox fans that uh, will agree that it was not a home run. I just don't agree with it being an out. Like, it, Mookie Betts wasn't going to catch the ball anyway. Like, I don't understand how that's an out. How it goes from round rule double to home run to out. Like, that's the wild and crazy part. That's the wild and crazy part of it. But anyway... So the Miami Hurricanes are one of my, I mean, Miami still, if they beat Virginia Tech, they still hold the uh, ACC, I I believe it's the Coastal. I always get them screwed up. I think they're in the Coastal. I'm going to assume it. I'm rolling with it. But I think if they're, um, if they beat Virginia Tech, they still are the class of the Coastal Division. So, um, it's not a death blow to Miami, but it was a big one that hurts. And whatever they're showing right now, you can't see down the line because the guy is in the way. Let's see that again. Let me rewind here. Because I think they just showed a better angle of this. Yeah, there's no way. You can't see because the security guy is in the way, but there is no way that guy reached over the fence. If they said that he reached over the fence, there is no way. There's no way he could have done that. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm still at a loss over this home run. But anyway, let's go to the biggest loser of the week. The biggest loser of the week. My bigot was the Penn State Nittany Lions. And Penn State, everything Penn State had going for them was...
everything Penn State had going for them was win out and have a one-point loss to Ohio State, and you might be able to sneak into the playoff. Well, losing to Michigan State, we said that would be a tough game. We called it here. I said it would be tough, and it, it ends up it was. It was something that Penn State couldn't overcome. They couldn't get by Michigan State again. And and now Penn State's Penn State's done. They can't win the big. They they can't win the Big Ten conference. They can only play spoiler now. They can only play spoiler to Michigan. Um. So um, Penn. So that's why Penn State's my big loser because that's the end of it. You know. That's the end of Penn State season. They're not going to a big time bowl game. They're not going to the Big Ten championship. All they can do is play spoiler to Michigan now, and um, you know we'll see how that affects how they play going forward. Here's the hero of last night, Jackie Bradley, at the plate. They're showing the replay of his home run. I mean. I talked about this at the top of the show. I still don't understand why Azuna was in there. You knew he was riding the fast. You knew he was going to groove on the fastball. Jackie Bradley knew it, and he took it out of the yard. Terrible move last night. All right, anyway. So that's my biggest losers of the week. Let's go. Let's Let's update the fifth down sports show rankings. All right, we'll start at the top as as we as we normally do. We'll start with the top four because that's the most important. It's always the most important is the top four. And I've got Alabama. I've got Ohio State at two. I I made these rankings before I get to our next topic. Before I get to our next topic. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna say I, I need these rankings and that's why I put Ohio State at two. After what happened this week, I could I could possibly see flopping Ohio State and Clemson, but I mean in reality it really doesn't make any difference. Two or three. If you think about it, in in the playoff rankings, it really doesn't make a difference because. Two is going to play three anyway, and it's not like there's a home field advantage in in, in the college football bowl bowl playoff season, so it doesn't really make a difference. But that being said, oh, we've got we've got a comment on the home run, so let's let's see let's see we got a comment out there. Let's let's, let's give everybody their due, and my boy Jay. He's, I know he's watching the game, Red Sox fan, Mr. Leckie. He says it's a great call. And uh, what I tell you, it's um, it's going to be split down the road like that. Houston fans are going to be upset. Red Sox fans are going to love it. it. It's just how it is. Well, I'm I'm still waiting on I'm still waiting on an explanation of how that's not how that's an out and 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 and. I mean, if you don't want to call it a home run, that's fine. <laughs> Those fans, 
Jay, Jay makes a good point here, and he said those fans should be removed by security immediately. I, what, what do you think this is, Jay? I got to respond to Jay here because what do you think this is? Is this a Bartman situation? Is this, is this that? I, I really don't think the fans did anything wrong other than not catch the ball. If the fan catches the ball, it's a home run. But really, it hit the fan, it hit him in the hand, and then it hit the glove. I, I don't see any problem with the fan. Um, I don't see any problem with the fan. All right, anyway, to the rankings. We got Alabama number one. I mean, Alabama's going to be number one pretty much. Pretty much there's no reason why you wouldn't call Alabama the best team right now, the best offense. They got the best defense. There's no reason to knock them down. I got Ohio State at two. Again, I think Ohio State and Clemson are right there together. And I think the resume, that's where I put resume in. When I see the teams on the field as close together, that's when I go to the resume. So I'll go to Ohio State's resume with the win over TCU, the win over Penn State. I'll go, I'll go to that resume over Clemson. Clemson's big win is Texas A&M. Doesn't, I don't think it really measures up to what um, Ohio State has played so far. So... But in our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Ohio State um, before we get to the picks. So let's continue. Number four, because of the loss by Georgia, because of the loss from Georgia, that puts Notre Dame in the Final Four. I know they struggled against Pitt this last weekend, but Notre Dame, nobody has a schedule like Notre Dame. Notre Dame's schedule resume, if somebody asked me about this, and they asked me, why don't you stump for Notre Dame the way you stump for UCF? First of all, Notre Dame doesn't need to be stumped for. They have an entire network at NBC that does that for them. They, They control everything on that network. They are the only college football they play. They're the only one they talk about. So I'll let them do it, okay? No. Second of all, they're Notre Dame. They don't need my help to get in. And third of all, their schedule. Somebody asked me, well, what happens if Michigan wins out and they win the Big Ten? Would they jump Notre Dame? No. <laughs> no. Even if Michigan runs out, runs the table and Notre Dame looks dreadful but wins out, if Notre Dame is undefeated at the end of the season, they're going. Michigan can't jump Notre Dame because Notre Dame beat Michigan. So people need to get that through their head. Like, that's why that game mattered. Um, you could say, oh, that was the first game, and people, you know, Michigan's playing so much better, and blah, blah, blah. It's why we play the games. If, if, if the games don't matter, then, don't, then we shouldn't play them. We should just put it on paper and figure it out from there. But anyway, I got Notre Dame at four. Number five, a lot of people, a lot of people probably think 
because I had UCF at six last week that I would I would jump UCF up there. I would jump UCF to number five. No, I'm not that much of a crazy person. Okay, I, I know what I'm. I I I I I I'm not beholden to last week. I don't say well because they were this last week they have to move up. No, I've got LSU at five. I think LSU is the fifth best team. That defense is awesome at LSU. And if they get a little bit of play from the quarterback, they are a great team. So I'm putting LSU at five. Number six, I know they just got steamrolled by LSU. But Georgia's still a good football team. I'm going to keep Georgia. I'm going to put Georgia at six. Um, I'm going to keep them on the level. I, I'm One loss to LSU not a bad loss. That's not a terrible loss. I mean, you go through all the other losses, that's probably the best loss that there is. And J.J. Reddick just hit a double. So, all right, the Astros are getting on. The Astros are getting to Porcello. So, the Astros are not out of this yet. Even though the game probably should be tied. But... They're still hitting Porcello, so the Astros ha- have a shot at coming back here. All right, number seven, I got Michigan. And, again, uh, you could argue Michigan, Georgia. I mean, Michigan's lost to Notre Dame. Again, not a bad loss. Um, Michigan's been playing a lot better. I want to see what happens. Can Shea Patterson win a game without that running game? I want to see that before – I put Michigan, you know, into that next level, but I got them right there. Number eight, I got UCF. I know, one-point win. People will say, oh, it's only one point. How can you have them that high? 19 games in a row. They found a way to win. We saw this episode last year when they played Memphis. They fell down at halftime, came back, won the game, ended up winning their entire conference. So I'm going to keep UCF in my top 10. I got them at 8. Number 9, Texas. Texas is the funny team to me. I, I saw the ESPN. They did the, the ranking special last night. And you got all these guys saying, well, I like this Texas team. And this Texas defense, I like where this Texas defense is at. Really? You like that Texas defense? You mean? You mean the... You mean the, the Texas team that gave up that gave up forty five to um it gave up forty five points to Oklahoma and coughed up a fourteen point lead with like five minutes to go? I mean, that's the defense that's the team you're gonna say this team has the strong defense? I mean, come on. I I'm I'm, I'm I, and the one loss is to Maryland at the beginning of the season. That's a bad loss. So if you stack them up against Michigan, you stack them up against LSU, you stack the resumes up, it's not even close. It's not even close between Texas, LSU, Michigan, Georgia. No. That defense at Texas well, – I, I gotta see them play. I gotta see them play a lot better than oh they they were able to hold Baylor back. Baylor is not the Art Riles Baylor. It, this isn't the Baylor 
from four or five years ago. This isn't the Bryce Petty Baylor. This isn't the Robert Griffin Baylor. This is a new Baylor. They don't, they're not the offensive juggernaut they used to be. And J.J. Reddick scores, and we have a two-to-one ball game. So the Astros are still alive, still coming back. So it's okay for now that that, that home run was taken off the board. Let's see if the Astros can get it back. Rick Porcello doesn't seem to have it tonight. The Red Sox should be ready with somebody in the bullpen because he's getting hammered. And in, in, in playoff games, it, it's, you know, uh, I know guys, I know managers like, like to ride through this and say, all right, let's ride through, you know, the patchy part. I don't think you do that in a playoff game. If you don't think a guy has it, you pull him and you go bullpen by committee. You go game by committee for the rest of the game. That's just my feeling. If you know a guy doesn't have it and he's getting hammered, you got to get him out of there. He is. Martin Maldonado is in. In the box, he's going to bunt? What is he doing? And a very bad play right there. Very bad play. Ooh, that was a that was definitely not a good play by the Astros. Trying to bunt. Trying to bunt their way on. Let's see here. Oh, we got we got Sean Saint here. Let's see. Mookie Glove was right there perfectly until the fan interfered. Interesting call by interesting idea from from Mr. Saint. We've had Saint on the show before, um, so I'm glad he's watching the game. I know he's a Sox fan, so he says he says Mookie's glove was right there perfectly until the fan interfered, closing his glove prematurely. I don't know. I thought I thought Mookie. Mookie jumped into the crowd, though. Um, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to get some thoughts on that. Maybe maybe we'll, we'll you know we'll re re revisit this um, in our next episode. Let me, let me just let me see what, what Saint has to say to that because I know he's watching the game. He's probably not going to listen to this until tomorrow. But let's see. But anyway, all right, let's get back to what we were talking about. We were talking about Texas. Speaking of Texas, my number 10 team, my number 10 team is Oklahoma. I, I, I still like this Oklahoma team. I think they still, I think they're still in the driver's seat for the, for the Big 12, I think they can get back to the if they can get to the Big 12 title game and face Texas again, they might have a shot at being the one-loss team that gets in. That's really the way I see a one-loss team getting in is Oklahoma revenge against Texas um, and you got to have Notre Dame and another team lose 
I think another team other than Alabama, I think Alabama has to go undefeated. And then and then you have to have either Ohio State or Clemson lose a game. Then you get a one loss get a one loss team in. I think Oklahoma would have to run the table and they'd have to beat Texas in that Big Twelve championship game, get some revenge and show that they um so if you did that, I think they can get it. All right, number 11, I got Oregon. And number 12, I got Florida. We talked about Oregon and Florida before. I think they've, they've put themselves, positioned themselves right there to be one of, those, uh, one of those next teams in. They still have work to do, but I think they can still get there. All right, those are my rankings. Now let's go. Now let's make some picks. Let's do that. Let's do that instead. Make some picks. All right. So let's go. Let's go to the videotape, as as Warner Wolf used to say. Let's go to to the game picks. Oh, we we have a caller. So let's see, let's see what we got on the caller here. Hey, how you doing? Fit Down Sports Show. Uh, hey, this is Lou from Jersey. Sorry, I'm late. Hey, what's going on, Lou? No problem. Better late yeah. than never, right? That's true. Well, unless you're dead. So, Lou, you watching the World Series? You watching the uh, the the baseball here? I'm actually channel serving between, of course, the. Uh, Nets, Knicks, Rangers, everything, because you know basketball's back in. Yeah. Oh, so we got yeah, we got a lot going on. Did you see? Did you see the Altuve play? Uh, no, I think I missed it, that one. Oh, so you missed the home run. Okay, so so we don't we don't we won't get any 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 conclusive evidence here. Altuve hit one in the stands and. I know you're a Yankee fan, Lou, so you I know you remember Jeffrey Mayer very well. Yes, I do. Yes. It was kind of, it was a Jeffrey Mayer situation but much much not not to the extent where where Jeffrey Mayer if everybody remembers reached over, grabbed the home run. I believe it was a Jeter home run, if I'm not mistaken. It was but but um you know, he grabbed the ball out of, out of – I know it was Tony Tarasco who, who was trying to field the ball. Jeffrey Mayer reached over the fence and grabbed it. This one wasn't, wasn't that – it wasn't like that, but it, it was the same situation where a fan interfered with the ball. They went to replay, and they called it an out instead of a home run. So that's how the Sox, that's how the Sox have their 2-1 to one lead because otherwise it would be 3-2 to two Astros. Right. So, all right, what do you got for us, Lou? Well, like I said, you know, it's uh, opening it's opening week in the NBA. Uh, Knicks are killing the Hawks right now. And it's a tight race with uh, Detroit and uh, the Nets. <laughs> You'll figure that out. Well, I mean, the, are the Hawks really really an NBA basketball team? I mean, no, the of Hawks course not. Are, I mean, the Knicks yeah. are killing them. The Hawks are pathetic, and, and that, that just says – that just says enough. When when the Knicks when the Knicks are killing you, that that says enough about about 
whether you're an NBA basketball Well, it's basketball only one team. game. I mean, one game does not justify a season, though. Right, but, I mean, it's, it's we, we can say about the Atlanta Hawks, it's not. A lost cause. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, the, the, the Hawks are, have been a disaster for a while, so. I'll say. But, the, you know, the Knicks, the Knicks are, uh, you know, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm a Celtics fan. I, I don't try, I don't yeah, make well. it, but. But I, I don't hate I don't hate the Knicks. I, I've always had a a fondness for the Knicks because I grew up in that era where it was basically you were either a Celtics, a Bulls, or a Knicks fan. And since I was a Celtics fan and the Celtics were terrible, it was pretty much all right. Well, I'm not going to root for the Bulls, so I got to root for somebody. And the Knicks the Knicks were pretty much my team because you know. Because basically the way they played, I mean, I, I, I grew up in the era of Anthony Mason and Charles Oakley just beating the crap Good out night. of each other, you know, just beating the crap out of people. So that that was always fun. To, that was always the fun part to me. I would just watch for them to beat the who who were they going to beat up next? Mm. But in most recent, I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, the Knicks. Uh, if the Knicks can put some some stuff together, the Knicks Knicks have some talent. It, the question is, what are they going to do with uh, what are they going to do with the unicorn there? Because I know he's out till like the All Star break, I think. Right. Well, uh, I don't. You mean Porzingis? Yeah, Porzingis. Yeah. They, they call him the Forget unicorn. It. They should dump him. Uh, they might be able to move. Oh, we have. T- what was all right, we have a, a is that a double? We have another another questionable hit here. I don't know if that was a double or a home run. Hmm. Looks like a home run. But just because it either looks way, like one doesn't mean it is. No, it did not in this ballpark. This ballpark that's the thing about this Houston ballpark. You don't know what the hell's gonna Oh, it hit the yellow pad. Okay. Yeah, so it is a double. Is a double. It hit At the least. yellow pad. Just missed it. He <laughs> a couple, couple more push-ups. He would have had it. But all right, the Red Sox are, are getting going here. All right, so so how, what do you think for the Knicks? What is reasonable for the Knicks this year? What's a reasonable assumption? Well, I'm hearing a lot of negative reports saying it's going to be a below 500 year. And somebody would say it's going to be worse than last year. Well, with Przingis out um, and Knox not being in the, have to come off the bench, um, it doesn't look to be too promising. I mean, if the kid can step up his game, maybe they can make something decent happen. But I, I doubt. But you know, who knows? Maybe they can surprise everybody this year. It's, it's hard to say right now. But you know, if you listen to the critics, they're saying it's going to be. A nightmare at the Garden this season. Well, you know, it, it's it, that's not the worst thing. It's not the worst thing in the world to be a lottery pick. You know, it, it, it. The question is, what do you want your team to be? Do you want your team to get better quickly, or do you want your team to be mediocre? I mean, that. Well, look. I mean, I think we've that, suffered long enough. So I think the sooner that we, we can get the sooner 
uh, we can be more of a contained team, the better. I mean, a good draft pick doesn't necessarily mean you're going to, you know, uh, you know, make it to the to the uh, playoffs. That's that's the way that's that's what that's the way I look at it. I I look at it as if the, in the NBA, the way I look at it is if you're not going to be a top four seed, you you don't you don't want to be one of those teams that's five six or seven, five six seven or eight, just sneak into the playoffs, get run over in the first round. That doesn't help your ball club. You're not going to get a good player at no. that point in the draft. So if you're going to no. be bad, be bad. I mean, look at look at the 76ers. They were terrible. Look at the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix We have to see. I have to see what this Aiton character is first. But but I, I think the Sixers are kind of the 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 are kind of the. What what you want to be because they are a team that's right there. They're they're a team that they built themselves through getting all those first round picks. I mean, yes, they stumbled on a couple of them, but you got to think if they had hit, if they had hit on just a couple of those, uh, you know, the Nerlens Noels and the um, uh, Jabari Parkers of the world or. You know, I think that was the guy. I don't know. It was, it was somebody from Duke, but they, they, you know, they missed a couple of for, of for of, of number one picks. They missed on a couple of those, but they hit on Ben Simmons. They hit on Embiid. Um, you know, Fultz. We don't know what he is, but that's how they've built themselves into what they are now. They didn't build themselves by being mediocre, just sneaking into the playoffs or just missing out on the playoffs. You have to be really bad before you can be good in basketball. Mm, I know. And it's it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I can say the same thing with the Celtics. The Celtics are are the same way. The Celtics had to be really. They were really bad after after the the big after the big three left. They they were really bad. They had to make good selections. They. You know, they didn't get Tatum because they were good. They got Jason Tatum because they had the third pick in the draft. Like, that's how they got Jason Tatum. So, right. Why is it unless you're going to turn down for another movie role? Oh. <laughs> unless that's you're going to go out, unless you're going to go out and sign somebody like a Kyrie Irving, unless you're going to go out and and do that. But you, but in order to get those kinds of assets to make a trade for somebody or to go out and sign somebody, you have to, you have to be bad. You have to be bad enough to, to where your roster, you have the money to go out and do that. That's what the Celtics did. The Celtics built from within. They didn't go out, you know, and then they got, then they got Gordon Hayward. Then they got Kyrie Irving, but they drafted guys like Marcus Smart. They drafted guys like Tatum. They, they went out and signed Al Horford when nobody would sign him. So it's basketball is a it's a different kind of kind of story right now. It's it's not one of these things where teams are like, oh, I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go play for the Knicks because right. I can, if I win in New York, I'll be better. You can win anywhere in the NBA. It doesn't so. make a I mean, difference. That's, that's good thinking, but it's not necessarily true. 
it, it doesn't make a difference. It has no winning in New York and winning in any any other NBA city doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Golden State. They're not Golden State's not even the best team, not even the the best team market wise in their state. And they're and they're, they're becoming across the river. Exactly. That's why they're moving around. That's why it'll always be a Laker town in California. It'll never, they'll never be the number one market. They'll always be second to the Lakers. Doesn't matter what they do. Third, you know? maybe because uh, you know, factor in the Clippers. No, the Golden State's no? higher up than the Golden State. Even in the days of, even in the days of Chris Mullen and Tim Hardaway. The Golden State was a bigger draw than the Clippers. The Clippers are Clippers are third are third in in, in in that market. Some would say even fourth. I mean, ooh, that's rough. I mean, some would say the Clippers are even behind Sacramento because, and, and I would say that being out here because seriously, I hear more about the Sacramento Kings and they're god awful than I do about the Los no, Angeles Clippers. Uh, we don't hear anything about him. Another pass. Jesus. Another pass ball. God. So many pass balls in this offseason. That's off, what that was wrong with baseball. Uh, fan interferes with Bettis' cat. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, they see, I, I don't know. You're, I, I don't know if you're looking at the replay. We, we've got we've got no, some I talk on this. On, uh, on one of the sites. Yeah. Well, did you see it? What, what did you think? Yeah, hard to tell from an angle. It was it was definitely hard. To, it was definitely a, a tough a tough to tell. But he did. My question is, he didn't reach. The fan didn't reach over. He kind of just right. I I I thought Mookie Betts jumped into the fan, like. Ooh, so I don't understand how that could. I don't understand how that could be an out. Like the fan didn't interfere with the the play. Like Mookie Betts jumped into him. So I don't I don't know how how they came to that rule. Again, I have it on mute while I'm doing the show, so I don't know I don't know what was going on. But we have another. We have other people. We we've got. It looks like more people are on the side of bad call than they are on the side yes. of it was a good call. So. And the only people that have said it's a great call so far are Red Sox fans. Everybody else has said it's that a bad figures. call. Everybody else has said has said it's a bad call. So outside of Boston, I I, I think that's that's going to be the way it goes. Well, just be sure. Let's see where the pine tar fits in with this one too. Ooh. Hey, did you, uh, Lou? While I got you here, did you watch a game last night? You watched the Rangers game last night? Yes, I did. How about that? The King coming up big. Yeah, well, guess what? They just lost tonight against the Capitals in overtime. Yeah, well, you know, that, that, in overtime, well, they, they took them to overtime. That's That's got to be worth something. You know we don't have a regulation win yet? No, absolutely not. I don't expect us to win in regulation ever. Ever? Ooh, that's ugly. Ever. I don't think the Rangers can score enough to win in regulation. That, that Not this season. It's going to have to go to a shootout, and that's the only way they can win. 
That's the only way I see them winning right now is Lundqvist making stops in in, in the shootout. That that's it. Mm. I don't see I don't see the Rangers being able to score enough. It's, they can't score enough five on five. They can't even score four. Uh, you know, three on three in overtime. They, they, they just they 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 can't score at even strength. So I'm not too worried about it. Not this season, no. No. But it was nice to see Lundqvist. The big story this year so far is Matthews. Awesome. Yeah, and, and Toronto. I don't know. My big story is the other team over there. The the other team, uh, I, I can't I can't say their name, but I know you can. You know, team over there over there in uh, they, they they play down by the Jersey Turnpike. You mean the Criers? No, the other one. The team that Devils. plays in in De- the actual state of New Jersey. Devils. Yeah, those guys. That to me is the story. I mean, they—I don't think they've lost yet, right? Uh, no, they lost one. But Palmieri is doing quite a job. He's got seven goals so far this season. Yeah, they're—they're they're the shock to me. I mean, I'm not shocked about Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews is a good player, so it doesn't shock me. I mean, he is on a—he's on a pace to do things that we've never seen before. But on that note. I I, I got to say I, I got to say I'm more impressed with the Devils than I am because I I did not expect this. Neither did the Devils fans. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't. Ask my girlfriend. But I mean after and after last year I thought it would be the Tyler Hall show and it's not. Taylor Hall. So that, yes, the Taylor Hall. I thought it would be the Hall the show, Tyler. but yeah, I know I did. But I thought it would be I thought it would be it would be the Hall show, but it's not. It, it's more than that. So the Devils got 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 something cooking there. Yeah, so far. So far. But All you right, know, it's only October. Ten, it's got, a long season, so anything can happen. Because I've seen the Devils. It is a you know, long season, but it's nice to get nice to get a good start. You know, nice to get a good start to the season. All right, Lou. I got ten minutes left, so I, I gotta let you, I gotta let you go. I got I gotta get to other stuff here. All right. Sure. All right. I gotta close up the. Sh- yeah, definitely. Always welcome to call in. All right. We're glad to have you, Lou. All right. So that's Lou. That's Lou calling in, and again, the show. This show is brought to you on Arena Sports Network by. Williams, hardwood specialists, you know, hey, if you got to get a job done, if you need you need your hardwood floor, small, large, residential, commercial, whatever whatever kind of flooring you need to get, you need to get, call Williams Hardware Specialists. They'll set you up. Call them, get your quote, get your project started. Call the number 219-221-1093. To give them that. All right, we'll we'll make our picks real quick here. We got about ten minutes left. Um, we got about ten minutes left. We'll make we'll make some quick picks here. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll just give you the scores, and we'll figure out we'll figure out the spreads later on, cause uh, it, it's all it's all good. But we'll we'll go through the games. Let's go through them. 
week eight. We're in week eight here in in college football. We'll start with the college football picks. And these are my these are my ten games I'm going to be looking at. They're all over the map. Um, and we'll start Saturday at twelve o'clock. Big brother versus little brother. And you can guess who the big brother and who the little brother is. I got Michigan at Michigan State. I'm going to take Michigan 27, Michigan State 23. I believe when I was looking at this earlier, I believe that puts Michigan State. I believe that means Michigan State with a cover. Don't be surprised if this is a close game. Michigan State likes to keep the games close, and they could be that team that shuts down the running game. All right. We're staying in the Big Ten. Maryland at Iowa. You know I love you know I love Iowa. You know I love games at Iowa. We love talking Iowa on this show. We say go Iowa. We mean it. And I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Iowa twenty seven, Maryland seventeen. Let's move down down the road here. Let's go Oklahoma at TCU. This game was thought to be a really big game. It's turned out to just be a big game for Oklahoma. Maybe TCU can play spoiler. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to take Oklahoma 42, TCU 34. All right, that's game three. Game four could be the biggest game in the ACC this year. All right. NC State at Clemson. You never know what what Clemson team is going to show up. They got a true freshman quarterback. We'll see if NC State can be the team that gets them. They've, NC State has Ryan Finley, the quarterback, so could be a close one. I'll take Clemson 27, NC State 20. All right, keep going down the list here. Uh, keep going down the list. We'll go to the Pac-12. Go to the Pac-12, Colorado at Washington. I think Colorado is pretty much too beat up for this game. I think Washington will take care of business, especially after last week. Washington wins it 31-20. Let's go to the SEC, Alabama at Tennessee. The question is, will Tua play and how long will he play? The other question is, anybody who thinks Tennessee has got a shot in this game needs to understand that needs to understand who's coaching at Tennessee and um, the Tennessee coach, I believe it's Justin, uh, Justin Pruitt. I think his name is, he's a Nick Saban disciple. That doesn't work out well for Nick Saban disciples, especially in their first go at it. So I'm going to take Alabama 41, 13 Alabama puts it on Tennessee. All right, staying in the SEC, Mississippi State at LSU. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Tigers here. I think LSU keeps it rolling. Mississippi State will play them tough though, but I got LSU 21, Mississippi State 13. Let's go to game number eight. Game number eight on my list: Ohio State at Purdue. Big game in the Big Ten under the lights at Purdue. Purdue will play Ohio State tough. I think they will come out, play Ohio State tough. We didn't get to talk about the Nick Bosa situation. I don't think it affects Ohio State that much right now because 
they weren't going to have Nick Bosa anyway because of the surgery. So I don't think they get affected there that much. I'm going to take Ohio State 38, Purdue 13, but I expect another slow start from Ohio State. That seems to be how they do it. But once they get rolling, they get rolling pretty good. All right, let's go to Pullman, Washington. Let's go to Washington State, Oregon at Washington State. I think the Ducks keep rolling. Washington State, although I like, you know I like the Pirate. You know he's one of my favorite coaches. Um, but I'm going to stick with the Ducks. I'm going to take the Ducks 31-24 uh, over Washington State. And staying in the Pac-12, we'll go to a little Pac-12 evening, not after dark. The after dark, the Pac-12 after dark game is Arizona at UCLA. Uh, I'm not too worried about that one, so I might not be doing a Pac-12 after dark. I might not be staying up for that. Oh, and we got George Springer hitting a home run, the Connecticut kid. That one is actually a home run. No interference this time. So... The Astros are, are, are staying in the in the ball game. All right. Trying to finish this up here. Last game, USC at Utah. This is basically a game for the uh Pac twelve South. The winner of this game will represent the 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 Pac twelve South in in the the Pac twelve championship game. And on that note, I've got Utah because it's in Utah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take them. Utah 30, USC 23. Do think it's a close game, but I'll take I'll take the Utes in that one. All right, let's go look at some NFL matchups this coming weekend. Um, we talked about we talked about what uh, what we saw. Let's just I'll just go through them. We got about five minutes on the clock. Let's see how quickly I can go through them. And um, I'll just give you my picks. All right, so Thursday night, Denver at Arizona. They've been saying all these games are great. Thursday night games matter again. And Thursday night games are back to being pretty worthless. Denver and Arizona. I'll take Denver in this one. And I'll take I'll take Denver 24 Arizona 24-17. I'll take Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee is in L.A. I'll take the Chargers over the Titans. Probably, probably a good one. I'll take Chargers 30, Tennessee 20. Bills at Colts. Derek Anderson starting for the Bills. That does not smell good. There's no relief. I mean, if he struggles, they got to go to the Peterman. We know what happens when the Peterman comes in. Uh, the ball goes the other way. So I'm going to take the Colts here. But I'm going to take the Bills close. I'm going to take this one. Colts 17, Bills 13. So Bills keep it under the margin. All right. New England at Chicago, probably one of the big games that everybody's going to watch because you want to see Khalil Mack against Tom Brady. You want to see that? I think this is way too much offense for the New England Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots 33, Bears 23. All right, Cleveland at Tampa Bay. 
I'm gonna ride with I'm gonna ride with Baker Mayfield here. I'm gonna go with the Baker. I think he gets his first win after a st- after starting. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the Browns twenty. Browns tw- twenty to thirteen. Twenty to thirteen over Tampa Bay. Detroit at Miami. Brock Osweiler will get the start. That makes it a very questionable game for me. Um, Brock Osweiler did well last week in a relief start. Um, will he keep the magic going? I think he does. I think he does 23-20 Miami. Minnesota at the New York Jets. I think this is a tough one for Sam Darnold. He's going to turn the ball over. Um, all right, we got to go quick here. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Vikings over to Jets. Carolina versus Philadelphia. As much as I would like to pick the Panthers here, I'm gonna go with the. I would go with the Eagles probably by a touchdown, so they win the game. Houston at Jacksonville. Jacksonville needs to get up off the mat. They need to get up off the mat. I'll, but I'll take Houston here. I'll take Houston to win over Jacksonville. New Orleans at Baltimore, tough one for the Ravens. Uh, Ravens have a good defense, but I think too much Saints offense, I'll take the Saints. Cowboys at Redskins, big game in the NFC East. I'll take the Cowboys. I like the way they're playing right now over the Redskins. Uh, they seem to have the Redskins number of late. I'll take, I'll take the Cowboys over the Redskins. Rams at 49ers, too much Rams offense for the 49ers. I don't. We mentioned at the beginning, I don't know what the Tampa Bay is doing on defense. I don't know what San Francisco is doing on defense. I'll take I'll take L.A. over San Francisco. Cincinnati at Kansas City Sunday night. I'll take the Chiefs. Too much offense for the Bengals to deal with. And Giants at Falcons on Monday night. I'll go with the Falcons. The Giants are a hot mess right now. So there's your NFL picks. There's your show for today. All right. Um, All right. So that'll do it for us. Join us next week where we will recap everything that's going on here in the World in the uh, Championship Series. We should be down to the World Series by then. Maybe we'll be at. Maybe we'll be actually in the World Series. Who knows? Maybe we'll have the Game Seven going on. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, enjoy. Have a good one.